0: This is Jim Fetzer, the Conspiracy Guy. Let's begin with the London terror attack. According to the official account, police named Khalid Masood, 52, born in Kent, as the man responsible for attack, in which four victims have died and seven more are critically injured. According to this report, he had previous convictions for violence, but according to his neighbors, he seemed calm and reserved. If you continue, we find the official account has him driving onto Westminster Bridge, going up onto the sidewalk, hitting a whole lot of, of victims before the car eventually crashes on the other side of the Thames, uh, allegedly smashing into Parliament's wall outside New Palace Yard. Massoud jumps out, runs around the corner, rushes through carriage gates into New Palace Yard, where he attacks two policemen on the security gates. One officer, P.C. Kenneth Palmer, is repeatedly stabbed and later dies. If we look at a photograph of the car in relation to the wall, really a cast iron fence with concrete abutments, there's damage to the car but no damage to the fence or the abutment. It doesn't look right. There's a noticeable lack of blood. If you look at a photograph of the alleged assailant lying on a gurney, there's no blood around. You do close-ups on the knives. The two knives he was allegedly carrying, they're pristine, there's no blood on them. If you do a close-up, if you study further, you find there's a body beneath a bus that had allegedly been run over twice, but it doesn't look at all like a body run over twice, which would be virtually obliterated, its guts and intestines smeared all over for the reason that it's actually a mannequin. That's right, on this Westminster Bridge attack, they actually used a mannequin. We've seen this happen before in Nice, for example, where you had a huge truck in an area where trucks were not allowed that purportedly hit 84 victims, and yet the front of the bus had no blood at all. Compare that with a car, for example, that hit a single deer, and you find the car is absolutely smeared with blood. When we did a close-up there, too, we found they used mannequins and at least a, a, a one pig that had been gutted there for blood to be found. We found this happened at LAX, too, a couple years back when there was an alleged uh, terrorist attack. I'm looking at a photograph of police rushing a victim in a wheelchair, and it's a blatant uh, dummy, a mannequin. I mean, this is embarrassing. Uh, furthermore, we have the remarkable coincidence that a, 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 a prominent politician, the former Polish foreign minister, was on the bridge at the time and struck a, a filmed 30 seconds of of pedestrians rushing to assist one of the victims. His name is Radislav Sikorsky. Uh, This guy uh, coincidentally attended the 2016 Bilderberg meeting. Well, there are interesting aspects of his film, to which I shall return. When we get into it deeper, we find there were reports of two different assailants being involved. The BBC's Daniel Sandford says... Eyewitness reports have referred to a bald white man and a black man with a goatee in association with the incident. uh, uh, Now, they suggest they might have both been in the vehicle. Here you get a, a summary of the event. The main gate into the grounds of parliament was left open and reportedly nobody was guarding the gate. That would be rather analogous to the front doors of the White House being left open and nobody guarding the gate. Uh, I would have done three interviews in relation to this, including with Paolo Flora of Italy, a targeted individual and political activist who is there, frequently stages vigils, hands out pamphlets in the vicinity of Parliament. He said to me he noticed all the commotion and that it would have been highly unusual for there not to be guards there, again, compared with the doors of the White House being left open. I've already mentioned that multiple sources say there were two assailants, not simply one. In addition, there was a practice drill in London on the 19th. This was in the water beneath a bridge, but many of these events are associated with the drills. If you want to see a classic of how a drill is used as the framework for going live, check out Mao 7-7 seven, seven ripple effect. 7-7 seven, seven ripple effect. In the space of one hour, you'll go from the beginning to the end and see exactly how this is done. Here's another clue. The closed-circuit TV cameras for Westminster were reported to be taken offline. There's something like a million CCTV cameras in London, the most heavily surveilled city in the world. And yet, when you could actually use them for some useful purpose, they have been turned off. We find this in many other false flag attacks. In addition, the man who was originally identified as the attacker, Trevor Brooks, not only turns out to have links to MI6, but actually was incarcerated at the time. The U.K. Prime Minister, Theresa Mays, has said that this Khalid Massoud, who was previously known as Adrian Elms until he changed his name, apparently coincidental with a conversion to Islam, was known to the police and the intelligence services. I did an interview with Oli Damogard, who's absolutely brilliant on these things, who predicted that the next event might occur uh in in the vicinity of the houses of parliament. It was in his newsletter for March of two thousand seventeen. Oli's very astute at observing these things. Uh, it was he who first identified the mannequins and knees. Nice. Uh, anticipated because of features there that the next might, event might be in, uh, in relation to the Eiffel Tower, uh, which did indeed occur. He also noticed in regard to the Bataclan Club in Paris that there was this, uh, with a mob, it appears blood had been used to paint what would turn out to be an elaborate bee that coincides with the red bee for the Brussels train station where an event occurred. He noticed in, Saint, in Fort Lauderdale, where this vehicle was doing wheelies, there was a, a building in the vicinity looking very much like Big Ben, which led him to form his conjecture. You can find that online. Ole Damagard predicted the London attack. In addition, I did a, a real deal interview with Nick Kohlerstrom, who's the leading expert on the London 7-7 subway attacks. It was Nick who shattered the case by observing that the train from Luton, that the four young Muslim lads who were blamed for the event, could not have been at the tube stops on time because it was canceled that day, uh, and the event went on without them. He's also observed that while the explosions were supposed to have been inside the carriages, which would have blown their floors down and out. In fact, the floors are blown up and in. The end. Uh, it's clear these guys were patsies. Well, you'll like this. Uh, find it online The Real Deal, Nick Cullistram on the London Terror Attack, where we embed the British uh, foreign minister's uh, footage. And it's, it's only 30 seconds long. Um, but it's clear that it was not taken on the same day. There's virtually no There's no traffic. I suspect they closed off the, the bridge temporarily for him to do this filming. And the weather is different. It's much more overcast. So this is a way in which they contrived this event, put it together. Uh, during a, phone, uh, a conversation Nick and I had just Monday, two days ago, he gave me an update how the uh, police had frozen the the London Eye, this enormous Ferris wheel that would have had an excellent view of what was going on Westminster Bridge for three hours and then interrogated everyone as they let them off, grilling them, taking any photographs or film they have, and gagging them. Uh, This is really stunning and striking, analogous to what happened in Dallas, where Sheriff Bill Decker instructed his Deputy sheriffs at security for the Kennedy motorcade ended at the intersection of Houston and Elm just as the motorcade entered into the kill zone and where the uh, FBI stationed agents at all the photo processing labs around London, for around Dallas for two weeks after the assassination, collecting photographs and films relating to Dealey Plaza and leaving a card behind. You can find a photograph of the card and pictures of the pain by Richard Trask. But it's very clear this was an elaborate ruse. And whereas is common in these cases, as more evidence comes in, you get more confirmation. We now have from nodisinfo.com hard proof of fake blood and silicon fake wounds in the Westminster terror hoax. You can find that online under the heading, Hard Proof of Fake Silicon Wounds and Fake Blood, Westminster Hoax, where I discovered in relation to other false flags that the government has developed fake body cover that will bleed if it is cut and that looks very flesh-like. So I find nothing surprising about this. It's a completely fraudulent event. Uh <laughs> We'll have more to report, no doubt, as, as, as time and research progresses. <clears throat> now we have this car rampage at the White House. Gunshots heard on Capitol Hill after a, a, a female described in this headline, maniac, crashed into a police car and tried to run down cops. Uh, she may have merely been intoxicated. It's a highly unusual event. Washington police told ABC the female suspect was now in custody after cops swarmed on the roads around the government building. People were cleared from the streets as police pursued the attacker on foot after she leaped from her car. Uh, One photo shows police hunched over something on the ground with more cops rushing to join them. The alarming episode comes less than 24 hours after the White House went into lockdown after A man told a Secret Service agent he had a a bomb. Uh, But more significant than that is we have earlier reports from Investor's Watch blog, for example, highly reliable. Inside job to assassinate Trump. New info points to Secret Service, leaving massive gaps in security. What we have here, lo and behold, comparable to the CCTV system being turned off, the alarm sensors were turned down from the fancy intruder climbed over not to elaborate but i believe that donald trump will be the president most subject to assassination attempts let us only hope they do not succeed but i have no doubt they are going to continue meanwhile washington is in an uproar uh, over the house intelligence uh, probe about allegedly about russian hacking Uh, into the DNC's emails and attempting to affect the election, which, as anyone who has been listening to this program knows, is complete and utter poppycock. But what we have now is uh, Michael Moore declaring that it's time for the Democratic Party to declare a national emergency and put a stop to all legislative activity, including the confirmation proceedings of Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch until the FBI completes its investigation into possible ties between members of President Donald Trump's campaign and alleged interference by the Russian government in last year's election. Well, let me assure you, there wasn't any such interference at all. I'll elaborate on this and and how we know it didn't happen. Uh, House Russia probe implodes, the house investigation has imploded under the huge pressure of intelligence under uh, uh, under the huge pressure on intelligence chairman Devin Nunes ranking democrats now say he must sit out the russian probe this is rather ridiculous and absurd on its face the new york times reported today devin nunes says he will continue to lead the russian inquiry he's not going to step down And of course, this is in the wake of quite a few revelations about the administration being wiretapped. Mind you, these are two separate issues. One about whether there was any Russian hacking in coordination with the Trump campaign to affect the election. A second, whether uh, Donald Trump and his people were under surveillance by the Obama administration, where Jonathan Turley has authored a piece for The Hill, Uh, Jonathan Turley being an extremely uh, competent uh, professor and political commentator. Trump was right, uh, after all, about the Obama administration wiretaps. There were multiple arguments uh, reporting this, how the establishment press colluded with Democrats to cover up surveillance. Since the moment President Trump released his now infamous tweet accusing Obama of wiretapping him, the establishment media has done everything in its power to continually attack the White House while claiming there's absolutely no, sur- uh, no evidence of any surveillance. Uh, that line of disinformation was destroyed this week after multiple reports confirmed that the entire Trump team was most likely under surveillance conducted while Obama was the president uh, right up to the day of the inauguration. So we here have Jonathan Turley. Uh, Shapiro, a professor of public interest law at George Washington University Law School, authoring a column about this, uh, comparing the entire fiasco surrounding the president and Twitter to a new Stephen King sequel before going to the absolute key point that the press has willfully ignored what President Trump meant in his tweets in the first place. Here's a, a, a point that uh, uh, Curley uh, observes. When this disclosure, evidence that Trump had been spied upon, was made by the chair of the House Intelligence Committee, CNN and other news outlets immediately proclaimed that it did not prove anything about the Trump allegations. Again, emphasizing that he said Obama wiretapped Trump's phone, wrote Turley. That is like saying that an alleged victim is not to be believed because he said that some second story man broke into his home when the evidence showed there was no second story on the house and the burglar entered through an open window. The point is whether Trump campaign staff were subjected to surveillance under the Obama administration, for which there now appears to be overwhelming evidence. Uh, Just today, before coming down to address you on this show, I heard uh, on uh, CNN uh, someone attempting to resurrect the idea that the Russians had tried to hack into the state, various state uh, election systems, which is categorically false. In fact, the, the, what we had and what I reported long since is that the Obama administration's EHS, not ha- Russia, hacked into the cyber networks of Georgia, Kentucky, West Virginia. I mean, this is absolutely stunning stuff that they're trying to resurrect this nonsense. And I, I have no doubt it's because they think now it's now or never if they can't go all out on this Russia-hacking meme and implicate uh, Trump that they're not going to be able to take him out. Here we have a 21st Century Wire report collapsing. Why the Russia hack witch hunt will not end well for Congress or America. As host Patrick Henningson revealed last Wednesday on ACR radio, the supposedly damning information submitted by the FBI's private cybersecurity contractor CrowdStrike, on which the entire Russian hack conspiracy theory hinges, is fraudulent. Here's a link to their primary invented piece of evidence included in the U.S. intelligence assessment. This means that we were correct back on November 1st when we said the Russian hack story was a hoax designed to distract from the explosive contents of the DNC and Podesta email leaks, and also to bolster a failing Hillary Clinton campaign by discrediting Donald Trump as being somehow in league with the evil Russians. If they keep pressing this story, it will only hurt the credibility of a Democratic party that still refuses to admit the abject failures and corruption within their political organization. Uh, Remember... The Democratic National Committee did not allow the FBI to examine the hack servers before the agency blamed Russia as the culprit. The DNC rebuffed requests to examine their computer servers. There can only be one explanation for that. Instead, they deferred to a private contractor, CrowdStrike, a firm hired by the DNC, which has ties to Hillary Clinton, a Ukrainian billionaire, and to Google, This is all embarrassingly bad. Uh, We have a a, a report, however, from the Miami Herald. Were the hackers who broke into the DNC email really Russian? Uh, Well, there wasn't any break into the DNC emails. We know they came as leaks, not hacks, leaks from Seth Rich, uh, the DNC uh, IT guy who gave them to Craig Murray, an intelligence analyst, a U.K. ambassador to Uzbekistan, uh, head of a college and friend of Julian Assange, who published them. Both uh, Craig Murray and Julian Assange have affirmed they know the leaker, and he was not Russian. Uh, In fact, uh, Seth Rich paid for this with his life, being shot multiple times in the back in apparent retaliation. where where Julian Assange, without identifying by name, has offered a reward of $20,000 for information, leading to the arrest and conviction of uh, uh, whoever was responsible for his death. In the Miami Herald, uh, the question of whether political operative Roger Stone helped Russian hackers break into the Democratic email, uh, as some people claim, Others ask, uh, who were the hackers? Who says they were Russian? The FBI and several U.S. intel agencies have declared repeatedly over the past month. But among private sector computing security companies, not everybody thinks the case is proven. I have no problem blaming Russia for what they do, which is a lot, said Jeffrey of international se- cybersecurity firm, Taya Global, Inc. I don't just don't want to blame them for things we don't know that they did. It may turn out that they're guilty, but we are very short on evidence here. As Carr notes, the FBI never examined the servers that were hacked at the DNC. Instead, the DNC used a private security company to CrowdStrike to detect and repair the penetrations. All the forensic work on those servers was due by CrowdStrike, and everyone else is relying on information they provided. And CrowdStrike was the one to declare this to be the work of the Russians, said Carr. The CrowdStrike argument relies heavily on the fact that remnants of a piece of malware known as Agent X were found in the DNC computers. Agent X collects and transmits TAT file to rogue computers. Agent X has been around for ages and ages. Its use has always been attributed to the Russian government, a theory that's known in the industry as exclusive use, Card said. The problem with exclusive use is that it's completely false. Unlike a bomb or an artillery share, malware doesn't detonate on impact and destroy itself you can recover it reverse engineer it and reuse it the us government learned a lesson about that when he created the stuxnet computer worm to destroy iran's nuclear program stuxnet survived and now other people have it indeed many of us believe that stuxnet was used in uh, in in uh, at fukushima to, to bring about the catastrophe there uh, not only is there no evidence of russian interference in in our politics but A year-long investigation into whether Russia meddled in German politics has found no evidence Kremlin-backed disinformation campaigns there either. What we have now, however, is in addition to the absence of evidence there was any Russian hacking and a perfectly responsible explanation of how Seth Rich leaked, which was so embarrassing to the DNC that they had to fabricate a cover story And they came up with a Russian hacking meme, which has had a persistence far beyond its rational durability because all the evidence is against it. We're having now bombshell whistleblower leak proof Trump had been under systematic illegal surveillance, which was given to the government over two years ago, and the government sat on it the same day. House Intel Committee Chairman Dave, Dave, Devin Nunes gave a press conference disclosing President Trump had been under incidental surveillance, which means that he wasn't the target, but was picked up incidentally, which is a form of plausible deniability to make it look as though it were accidental, which is, of course, in fact, the way they will do it deliberately. Attorney and Freedom Watch Chairman Larry Clayman sent a letter to the House Committee on Intelligence imploring them to pursue the claims and evidence Presented under oath at a Washington, D.C. FBI field office by his client, CIA NSA whistleblower Dennis Montgomery, who Clayman claims holds the keys to disproving the false claims that there's no evidence that the president's men were wiretapped. When Montgomery attempted to deliver this information through the appropriate channels two years ago, however, the CIA contractor wasn't given the time of day. The American Report has also. Uh, uh, published whistleblower tapes, trumped wiretapped a zillion times by the Hammer, Brennan and Clapper secret computer system. Uh, President Obama's director of national intelligence, James Clapper, and the CIA director, John Brennan, oversaw a secret supercomputer system known as the Hammer, according to former NSACI contractor-turned-whistleblower Dennis Montgomery. Clapper and Brennan was using the supercomputer system to conduct illegal and unconstitutional government data hi- ha- harvesting and wiretapping. The hammer was installed on federal property at Fort Washington, Maryland, on a complex which some speculate is a secret CIA and NSA operation uh, operating on a U.S. Navy facility. Here's a part of what Larry Clayman has written in a letter to. Uh, House Intelligence Committee Chairman Nunes. Uh, Montgomery left the NSA and CIA with 47 hard drives and over 600 million pages of information, much of which is classified and sought to come forward legally as a whistleblower to appropriate government entities, including congressional intelligence committees, aside both the House and the Senate, to expose that the spy agencies were engaged for years in systematic illegal surveillance on prominent Americans, including the Chief Justice of the United States, Associate Justices of the Supreme Court, 156 judges, prominent businessmen such as Donald Trump, and even himself, Larry Klayman. Now, the whistleblower has the proof of massive Obama spying. uh, The FBI seems to be covering up key information that provides it. Uh, Klayman is a very responsible guy. He's the one who, as the head of Freedom Watch, was able to unearth the Defense Intelligence Agency documents disclosing that the NSA had created ISIS. Uh, He's even now appeared on Alex Jones discussing this. And while I do not always agree with Alex, uh, he does uh, have a huge audience. and the, the, The understanding that there's this massive evidence available is becoming widely known. Let me just review the distribution list for Clayman's letter. The Honorable Devin Nunes Chairman Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence U.S. House of Representatives The Honorable Adam Schiff Ranking Member The Honorable Mike Conway The Honorable Peter King The Honorable Frank uh, L- Liffeyondo the the Honorable Helena ross uh, and Honorable Michael Turner, Honorable Brad w- w- Wenstrup, Honorable Chris Stewart, Honorable Rick Crawford, Honorable Trey Gowdy, Honorable Elise Stefanik, Honorable Will Hurd, Honorable Jim Hines, Honorable Terry Sewell, Honorable Andre Carson, Honorable Jackie Speier, Honorable Mike Quigley, Honorable Eric Sol- S- Swalwell, Honorable Denny Hack, They all have it. And, in fact, the situation is so absurd that it's led Patrick Buchanan, who's a very astute political analyst, to author a piece, An Obama Plot to Sabotage Trump. This was uh, uh, published on March 24th by Information Clearinghouse. Devin Nunes just set the cat down among the pigeons two days after FBI Director James Comey assured us there was no truth to President Trump's tweet about being wired, wiretap by Barack Obama, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee said Trump may have had more than just a small point. The U.S. intelligence community said Nunes during surveillance of legitimate targets picked up the names of Trump transition officials during surveillance of targets unmasked or identity, spread their names around virtually assuring they would be leaked. If true, this has the look and smell of a conspiracy to sabotage the Trump presidency before it began. Comey readily confirmed there was no evidence to back up the Trump tweet, but when it came to electronic surveillance of Trump and his campaign, Kobe somehow could not comment on that, which raises the question, what is the real scandal here? Is it that Russians hacked the DNC and John Podesta's emails and handed them off to WikiLeaks? We've heard that since June. Or Is it that Trump officials may have colluded with the Russians, or is it that there's a plot to sabotage Trump and that it's being supported by Uh, various government agencies, including, it would appear, the director of the FBI. I will be right back. Did you know that the license for the Pulse Club expired in 2013? That its legal occupancy was only 150? That if 50 had been killed and 53 wounded, there should have been abandoned cars all over the place? Did you know that the Dallas photograph of a series of officers behind a large wall was photoshopped? That they had to increase the size of the wall to fit the officers in? That they had orange blank adapters on their weapons? Did you know that Hillary has used body doubles? One following her collapse at the 9-11 event was shorter, weighed 35 to 40 pounds less, and looked at least 10 years younger? A Meg Ryan type, a second? On the plane to Greensboro was taller and slimmer and looked more like Meryl Streep. We prove it all. Don't let yourself be played. Check out From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond. Hi, if you're interested in the book From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond, then contact me in New Orleans at 504 298 6791. Or you can go to patriotradiobooks.com. That's patriotradiobooks.com. 504 298 6791. Continuing with the latest developments regarding the surveillance issue, recall that uh, Mike Flynn, who is to be the national security advisor to the president, was outed by reports that were obviously based upon data that had been obtained under surveillance. Here you have former Congressman Hoekstra, when I was the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, I was routinely involved in briefings as a member of the Gang of Eight, both parties' leaders in the House and Senate, and on the Intelligence communities, Committees. I cannot recall how many times I asked to see raw intelligence reporting it was refused because that stuff is just not made available to policymakers. But according to Mr. Nunes, such information made its way to the Obama White House before Inauguration Day. Few, if any, people working in the White House would ever need to see raw intelligence. Like intelligence committee members, they are typically consumers of intelligence products, not raw intelligence. The raw transcripts of mass persons or unmasked persons or U.S. persons can be easily identified, making their way to the White House, is very likely unprecedented. One can only imagine who... at at that point, might be reading these reports. Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, Ben Rhodes, the president himself, we don't know, and the people who do aren't talking at the moment. The article continues, the point here, as the Washington Examiner writes, assuming again that Nunes spoke truthfully in his press conference, is that this could potentially become a huge story, despite the extremely negative reaction Nunes got from journalists. Uh, Indeed, there's a a whole lot going on here, where we have uh, experts on intelligence being interviewed by Sean Hannity, Trump-Donald, Trump surveillance confirmed, Sarah Carter, Jay Sekulow, these guys are very, very good, confirming what we have heard, Uh, Lou Dobbs as his lieutenant colonel, really simply excellent, suggesting that this could make uh, Watergate pale in comparison. Uh, Should Obama be investigated over Trump wiretapping claims? The answer is unquestionably true. Not only that, but get this, former top Obama official actually admits that they spied on Trump's team. On Morning Joe with Mika, one of Obama's top officials actually admitted that they spied on Trump and sought to disseminate that information as quickly as possible before Trump took over the White House. A former Obama administration official has acknowledged efforts by her colleagues to gather intelligence on Trump team ties to Russia before Donald Trump took office and to conceal the sources of that intelligence from the incoming administration. Evelyn Farkas, F-A-R-K-A-S, Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense under Obama, made the disclosure while on the air with NMSNBC's Mika Berzinski, who's the daughter of Zebig. I was urging my former colleagues and, frankly speaking, the people on the Hill, it was uh, more actually aimed at telling the Hill people, get as much information as you can, get as much intelligence as you can before President Obama leaves the administration. Farkas, who's now a senior fellow at the Atlantic Council, said, because I had a fear that somehow that information would disappear with the senior Obama people who left, so it would be hidden away by the bureaucracy, that the Trump folks, if they found out how we knew, what we knew about their the Trump staff dealing with Russians, that they would try to compromise those sources and methods, meaning we no longer have access to that intelligence. So here's our participant in the whole event actually admitting it was taking place. Fox has pulled off to Judge Napolitano, very distressing to me, after he claimed that Obama used British spies to wiretap Trump's phones, as I previously reported. Wayne Madsen confirmed that Five Eyes, that is the intel services of the New Zealand, Australia, Canada, the UK, and the US, use each other's intelligence services to spy on one another so they won't leave any fingerprints or be in violation of their own laws. That's a, a fairly uh, obvious technique that seems to be ignored by some of those who, who, who would like to pretend they're on top of all of this. But what we also know now that the NSA has a new SMINE project codenamed Stellar Wind, collecting data akin to a real-time map of your brain. Stellar, Stellar Wind is the codename of information collecting under the President's surveillance program. The National Security Agency program was approved by President George W. Bush shortly after the September 11th attack and revealed by Thomas Tam to the New York Times in 2008. So what we're talking about, this has been going on for a very long time. Remember when Admiral Poindexter uh, introduced total information awareness in 2001? Uh, back in February, as I recall, uh, you know, about nine months before the September 11th attacks. So why would they, anyone suppose, if they're surveying anyone, that that would, that that would include Donald Trump, who is someone in whom they had special interest? All very, very embarrassing. And, and here, just as an aside on how the media is spinning everything, uh, Ted Koppel did a 45-minute did a interview with with Sean Hannity, who I, I have said before and I say again has been perhaps the most balanced and objective reporter on all of these issues that you will find on cable television more so than anyone else on CNN, uh, on Fox, and, and MSNBC... Uh, And more so, too, than the major networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, with the possible exception of uh, Tucker Carlson, who I think is completely brilliant, uh, Sean Hannity has been doing a really good job. Well, he spoke out Monday against a recent CBS Sunday morning segment in which Ted Koppel called Hannity bad for America. The interview between Hannity and special contributor Ted Koppel appeared on the 38-year-old show this past Sunday and immediately sparked controversy when Koppel responded to a question Hannity asked on opinion shows being bad for America, saying yes, while adding that Hannity, this is Koppel saying this to Hannity, that Hannity and others have attracted people who have uh, determined that ideology is more important than facts. Well, frankly, that means that Ted Koppel is actually practicing what he's uh, disavowing there, because he's putting ideology ahead of facts. Look at all the facts I've reported about the fact that there was no Russian hacking, the fact that there was Obama administration surveillance of Trump. I I mean, it's embarrassing. The United States is humiliating itself. It's shocking. It's very disappointing, making us look bad. As Noam Chomsky even has observed, the whole world is laughing at us over these allegations of Russian hacking. Taking a different tack. A mom films her son's cringe-inducing encounter with a TSA agent. This is really bizarre. A mom from Texas is livid after going through TSS screening in the Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. Jennifer Williamson's son, who has sensory processing disorder, was selected to receive a pat-down. Because of his condition, she asked the TSA to screen him with a different method, but they ignored her and patted him down anyway. Williamson decided to film the uncomfortable encounter to post on Facebook. I've watched the whole encounter. This kid's about 10 years old. He's wearing shorts and a, and a loose-fitting T-shirt. I mean, there's nowhere for any secret hidden devices to be found. This is ridiculous. And the guy who is patting him down is doing an overly thorough job. I have had cancer myself. I have refused to go through the scanners in the past. I have gone through pat-downs. Nothing like this. Completely ridiculous. Patting down every part of his body going through every part of his front, every part of his back, every part of his shorts, I mean, pressing his hands down, simply absurd, disgraceful. In her Facebook post, which has since gone viral, she claims that TSA kept her and her son at the checkpoint for more than an hour, forcing them to miss her flight. She went on to say there was no reason for his son to be selected for screening. Let me make something else crystal clear. He set off no alarms. He physically did not alarm at all during screening, He passed through the detector just fine. He is still several hours saying, I don't know what I did. What did I do? I am livid. She also complained two police officers were called over to observe the situation. The TSA has disputed her claims. The agency says she was only there for 35 minutes and that the police were there to mitigate her concerns. They also claim her laptop was the reason for the alarm. But they haven't said the laptop caused any concern or why it led them to pat down her son. What an absurdity. This is a disgrace. This is disgusting. You got some pedophile who's patting down a little kid who could not be more innocent or undeserving of this treatment. The TSA is a disgrace. If you want a story that may top that, Jeff Rantz has interviewed uh, Dr. Patricia Doyle about Trump flooding the United States with completely unvetted and diseased Muslims. They're arriving in the dead-of-night at airports. So no one will observe them. According to these reports, they're coming in at the rate of about twenty-five thousand a month. They're totally undocumented. They have no records. They are given social security numbers. They are given passports that are, you know, documents sufficient to establish someone to be a citizen of the United States. You got to look at this because it's completely outrageous. I can only believe these are hangovers from the. Obama administration. Trump would never put up with this. Check it out. Non-vetted refugees arriving in the middle of the night. Part one. There are actually five parts. Now we have, of course, the top news. and major defeat for Trump Bush to repeal health, health law fails. House Republican leaders withdrew legislation to repeal the Affordable Care Act from the House floor before it could be defeated. A loss for President Trump. In dropping health vote, Trump swallowed need for a showdown The demise of the bill played out in a tense 24 hours that White House and congressional officials said proved a political, proved, they mean provided, a political education for President Trump and his top advisors. Steve Bannon says the American Health Care Act was written by the insurance agency implying it deserved to go down. Steve Bannon is cleaning house. He's posted a list in the White House war room where Paul Ryan is figured the fact is, however, that this is bringing uh, single-pail he- he- health care programs back to life. Uh, I think this is very significant. Single-player ca- t- health care is back in play after Trump care went down in flames. Medicare for all is rising from the wreckage of the Trump administration's failure to repeal Obamacare last week as President Trump and Vice President Mike Pence tried to shift the blame and Trump's people talked about working with moderate Democrats to pass their agenda. Both progressive and mainstream publications noted the renewed energy for a single-payer health care system. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders announced at a town hall meeting on Saturday that he would introduce the legislation within a couple of weeks, and Vermont's House Representative Peter Welsh, said he would introduce the same bill in that chamber. Three organizations, Justice Democrats, brand-new Congress, and National Nurses United are collaborating on a petition drive. The political tide has turned on health care. It reads, America is ready for single-payer. Democrats must fight for it now. On Wednesday, health over profit for everyone. A single-payer health care campaign led by popular resistance will lobby Congress. <coughs> Volunteers will distribute educational materials on the uh, on the benefits of Medicare for All to members of both the House and the Senate. Now, I'm convinced this is the right way to go. I'm getting petitions uh, from our revelation. James, Senator Bernie Sanders announced he's going to be introducing a Medicare for all bill in the Senate. We all know that the Affordable Care Act was a critically important step toward the goal of universal health care. But 29 million Americans today still do not have health insurance and millions more are uninsured. Underinsured because healthcare care insurance companies are making our healthcare unaffordable and inaccessible. Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All bill puts power in choice where it comes when it comes to health care decision right where it should be in the hands of patients and their doctors because nobody should be squeezed by the insurance company's bottom line. I agree with that 100%. I had recommended to advisors, to Donald Trump, that he ought to pivot on health care and go for single-payer it may well be that the ultimate outcome here, Medicare was designed to be gradually expanded to the entire population of the United States. Maybe we have a chance to see it happen. We also have additional reports that the primary was rigged that the DNC undermined democracy. In its recent leak of 20,000 DNC emails from January 2015 to May 2016, DNC staff discussed how to deal with Bernie Sanders' popularity as challenge to Clinton's candidacy. Instead, green Sanders is a viable candidate for the Democratic ticket. The DNC worked against him in his campaign to ensure that Hillary received the nomination. Now, this, I believe, of course, is what disillusioned Seth Rich and led him to leak the treasure trove of DNC emails to, to Craig Murray to provide them to Julian Assange, who would publish them. Get this. John Podesta failed to disclose 75,000 stock shares in a Russian finance company. Uh, Former national campaign chairman for Hillary Clinton's failed 2016 presidential campaign, John Podesta, may have violated federal law when he failed to disclose that he received 75,000 shares of stock from a company financed by the Kremlin upon joining the Obama White House in 2014 according to a report by the Daily Caller News Foundation's investigative group. The report signing emails leaked by WikiLeaks notes that Podesta first received 100,000 shares of stock options from Jewel Unlimited Technologies when he joined the company board in 2010 and then another 75,000 common shares when he left the company in 2014. The DCNF writes, the Schedule B section of the federal government's Form 278, which requires financial disclosures from government officials, required Podesta to report any purchases, sale, or exchange by you, your spouse, or dependent children, or any property, stocks, bonds, commodity futures, or other securities when the uh, amount of the transaction exceeded $1,000, which he did not do. In addition... The New York Police Department detectives and sources are working on a production of child pornography charge against Anthony Weiner have turned on the FBI for creating one roadblock after another, have started releasing incriminating material into the public domain, implicating Hillary Clinton in the underage sex investigation. The concealment of which, I believe, was a principal motive behind the Russian hacking meme trying to distract attention from the contents of the emails, especially the John Podesta emails. Here's another report. Hillary's State Department was wrapped up with allegation of sexual misconduct, pedophilia, and cover-up. According to NBC's Today State Department internal memos, suggests that the department during Hillary Clinton's tenure may have called off or... Uh, or... <laughs> It says our interview, but that can't be right. Called off or th- really thwarted, they mean an investigation into sexual uh, uh, misconduct and even pedophilia. The memo suggests to the department the investigation was I- I- intended to protect jobs and avoid scandal despite the seriousness of the allegations. ABC's Chuck Todd said the allegations are disturbing in two ways. Not only were the crimes committed, but they were also covered up. Todd said the allegations surround... An ambassador and security agents of then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. A portion of a memo obtained by NBC reads, the ambassador routinely ditched his security detail in order to solicit sexual favors from both prostitutes and minor children. Equally disturbing is the fact that an unnamed high-ranking official from inside the State Department opted to cease the investigation into the ambassador's alleged mass conduct. There's a whole lot more coming out. Even Dr. Phil is, con- is revealing pedophilia. Uh, children in cages, elite by children to hunt them, sex before she could speak, private islands, children partying with rich and powerful as sex slaves. Dr. Phil's daytime television in America, children in cages, wow, the testimony this woman, ch- touches, she's a r- survivor of human trafficking, Touches bases with many of the Pizzagate elements, the parties, the children, the rape, the murder, the elite, the hunting parties, and more on Dr. Phil. Mainstream television with millions of viewers. There's another article out there, the horrifying reality of the elites and their connections to satanic pedophile rings. We begin this story with a powerful message. Take a stand. In our society, there's a class of elitists who are directly involved with satanic pedophile rings. On December 19, 2016, a report was published in The Global Citizen about a strong woman named Anarchy Lucas. What happened to her is horrifying. The details she recounts prove yet again that in our world there's a society of satanic elitists who are after our children. It matters not what country you call home. It matters not who is president or prime minister or even king. There's a society that is actually engaged in satanic pedophilia. And may I say, this woman, Annika Lucas, is different than the woman who was interviewed by Dr. Phil. So we have witnesses coming forward. Now, we had the very peculiar development that Alex Jones, who has reported on Pizzagate many, many times, has now backed off. Here's an article. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones backs off Pizzagate claims. Alex Jones, a conspiracy-loving media personality, apologized Friday for his role in promoting Pizzagate, the baseless viral story that a Washington pizza restaurant was the locale of a child sex abuse ring run by Hillary Clinton, their campaign chairman. Notice the use of the word baseless. It's hardly baseless. There are hundreds of videos, even thousands. I've reported on this again and again and again. There's a, a mountain of evidence. If, if you're lacking, uh, go and try, do hashtag Pizzagate, what we know so far. Uh, Look at articles by Joachim Hagopian, uh, who's done some brilliant work in this area uh, and explained how Pizzagate is just the uh, U.S. franchise of Pedogate, a worldwide pedophilia ring. Here's a second article. Alex Jones apologizes for Pizzagate fake news on eve of March on Washington, D.C. Posted on March 25th by Dr. Ewen on her brilliant blog, Fellowship of the Mind. Pizzagate is a term given to his speculations and assertions that there is a pedophile network connecting powerful Democratic Party elites and two Washington, D.C. pizzerias, Besta Pizza and Comet Ping Pong. The latter is owned by James Aliphantus, listed by GQ as the 49th most powerful person in D.C. and a former boyfriend of Clinton, Crony and Democratic Party operative, David Brock of Media Matters. Blows a picture that uh, Aliphantus posted to his Instagram account. Uh, After this and other pictures were uncovered by 4chan, his account is no longer accessible to the public. And it shows a little girl whose arms are taped down to a table with a man behind her, and she is terrified. Given the gravity of the accusations and the much compelling circumstantial evidence, it's curious that an official investigation has been made by neither law enforcement nor the mainstream media. In fact, it turns out that there appear to be ties with the District of Columbia uh, Police Department in relation to all of this. The D.C. police have never investigated the claims. Anyone who declares the opposite is spreading disinformation. Profoundly embarrassing. Uh, Not only that, but some 500 kids have gone missing in the District of Columbia in 2017 alone. Sex trafficking fears have officials asking the FBI for hope. A total of 501 juveniles have been reported missing in D.C. since the beginning of the year. This startling number has forced the hands of several officials who have written a letter to call on special help from the Justice Department for investigating the matter. The letter, obtained by the Associated Press, asked FBI Director James Comey and Attorney General Jeff Sessions to devote the resources necessary to determine whether these developments are an anomaly or whether they are indicative of an underlying trend that must be addressed. It was signed by Congressional Black Caucus Chairman Cedric Richmond, Democrat of Louisiana and Delaware Eleanor Holmes Norton, who represents the District of Columbia in Congress. Ten children of color went missing in our nation's capital in a period of two weeks, and at first garnered very little attention. That's deeply disturbing, Richmond's letter said. As the AP reports, the District of Columbia... Log, 501 cases of missing juveniles, many of them black or Latino, in the first three months of this year, according to the Metropolitan Police Department, the city's police force, 22 were unsolved as of March 22nd. The Twitter profile for the D.C. police departments are quite literally riddled with images of missing young black Latino girls. In spite of the officials' concern with the posts on Twitter, police are assuring the public that there's nothing out of the ordinary. Right, of course. And yet we have here another report. Disney, SeaWorld, and Universal employees caught in sex strings. Child porn arrests. Disney moves forward. The version of Disney World was clear, entertain children. Disney characters are about hope, optimism, and above all, making sure children are able to enjoy their innocence as long as the outside world will permit. And Disney understood that part of his mission was to provide a buffer for as long as possible. Somewhere along the line, Disney went off course. No longer did it see itself as a defender of children's innocence. Instead, it saw itself as a conduit to social change. Walt Disney became Harvey Milk. Self-identified homosexual attorney Joseph R. Murray reports. There's no doubt there's nothing uh, like Orlando, Florida. uh, And uh, for some reason or another, it happens to be one of America's favorite playgrounds on Earth for recreational purposes. But it's losing its image. Uh, CNN reported on 14 July, a Walt Disney World security guard and janitor at SeaWorld Discovery Cove were among 18 men arrested in a sex-king operation April's Fool in Polk uh, Polk County, uh, Florida. Those arrested responded to online ads from undercover detectives who posed as children or custodians of children. Disgusting story. And if this is fake news, this is a rather startling report. First Democrat officially tied to elite pedophile ring pleads guilty. Democrat pleads guilty to fake news pedophilia pedophilia ring. While the mainstream media has been trying to keep the public distracted with yet more stories about Russian conspiracies, the crackdown against high-level pedophiles has begun. We have previously reported that many pedophiles are far from the image of a stereotypical loser. In fact... They are often placed in the highest rungs of society and are extremely well-connected. Case in point, Democrat and former mayor of Hubbard, Ohio, Richard Keenan, who reported guilty to having many forms of sexual contact, including a repeated instance of intercourse with a four-year-old child for which he's received a life sentence, rather striking if this is fake news. We also have now a report from Dean Ryan of Truth Be Told, which has interviewed me on several occasions where Dean Ryan recently visited with me here in Madison as he was on the road around the country. Well, he's been in Boulder, Colorado, and has discovered some shocking evidence in relation to the what many have assumed to be the cold case of John Benet Ramsey, I must say I had long since concluded that because her body was found all very nicely wrapped in blankets and there was a heart that was drawn on the palm of her hand, that had to have been done by someone in an especially loving relationship with her, whom I inferred to be Patsy Ramsey. Uh, My interpretation of the case was that John Binet had wet her bed and Patsy became enraged and hit her with a very heavy flashlight killing her It was a very strange case because the police had had searched the basement where the body would later be found twice before John Ramsey went down and discovered it, implying to me that he took it out of its hiding place and made it available. Well, the New York Post, uh, back on the 28th of October 2016, had reported a shocking DNA twist in the John Benet Ramsey murder case. DNA evidence in the killing of John Benet Ramsey does not support a former prosecutor's decision to clear the girl's relatives in her death, according to an explosive new report revealing new information to the public for the first time in the 1996 killing. What what they found there was that there were indications of DNA from multiple sources, not just one. And get this. Uh, Dean Ryan has now come into possession of documents by a former judge by the name of Long. I take it his first name was William or Bill Long, said that, uh, uh, talked about the Ramsey case. This is from a, a document in Dean's possession of which he sent me a copy. Bill spoke of the Ramsey case with a bit of trepidation. Some of what I got on it was from the two older gentlemen that Judge Long spoke to more at length. They told me more after the judge passed. It was a cold blackmail pedophile party that was being filmed. The girl was apparently accustomed to dad and two other men, but when she was not used to dad and seven other men, per her reluctance to participate, she was choked and hit on the head for some sort of ritual-oriented discipline. The participants with John Ramsey were Boulder Deputy Police Chief, but not Sullenberger, a top cop from Denver, Boulder District Judge, Boulder Prosecutor Robert Shapiro, a prosecutor and a district judge from Larimer County, and a guy from IBM named Stevens. When someone said they remember it was reported that it was an investigation from the DA's office, investigators from the DA's office who contaminated the crime scene, Judge Long said, of course, probably Shapiro's handiwork. Apparently, these sorts of events get filmed, so everyone on the film will help anyone else on the film when anyone tries to make a career improvement as some sort of special project. Uh, Judge Long called this uh, assistant Satanism. He spoke of this often, even when not speaking of Ramsey. One coffee clutch attendee once said the phrase Satanic Doc Arts, and the retired judge said that sounds like a more accurate phrase. Oh, this is profoundly disturbing stuff. The dean has made a video about it. You can find it online. John Benet Ramsey, New Revelations, Leak, 2017. I conclude with a uh, There's a wonderful cartoon out there uh, where you, where you see a huge swamp monsters there, including the CIA and the NSA and the Deep State, the FBI, the mainstream media, the Bushes, Hillary. Uh, I mean, what the hell do you think you're doing? They point toward Trump's Swamp Draining Service, a cartoon by Ben Garrison. Check it out. It reflects what's going on out there. Did you know that the license for the Pulse Club expired in 2013? That its legal occupancy was only 150? That if 50 had been killed and 53 wounded, there should have been abandoned cars all over the place? Did you know that the Dallas photograph of a series of officers behind a large wall was photoshopped? That they had to increase the size of the wall to fit the officers in? That they had orange blank adapters on their weapons? Did you know that Hillary has used body doubles? One following her collapse at the 9-11 event was shorter, weighed 35 to 40 pounds less, and looked at least 10 years younger. A Mae Gryan type, a second, on the plane to Greensboro, was taller and slimmer and looked more like Meryl Streep. We prove it all. Don't let yourself be played. Check out From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond. Hi, if you're interested in the book From Orlando to Dallas and Beyond, then contact me in New Orleans at 504 298 Six seven nine one, or you can go to patriot dot com. That's PatriotRadioBooks.com. radio books dot com, five oh four two nine eight six seven nine one.